0: The whole blessing is in the sense that this is the victory night that will usher us into our 28th year anniversary. I wrote a letter to ministers today, CFT ministers globally. And that letter was also meant for you. And in that letter I said to them, I welcome you to the month of power. I say, I welcome you too to the month of power. This is the month of February, and God told us it will be the month of power. And I said, as he said in the scriptures, in his promise, Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you will receive power. I say, you will receive power. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. And in in this case, he attributes the power to the function of witnessing but i'm going to show you within these three days also that it's not only for witnessing that god gives power we're going to look at instances and areas and situations that the bible says that god gave power to trigger a particular thing but today also and tomorrow we'll be looking into marriage And having said that too, I told the ministers that um, I want everyone of CFT membership across the globe to be sensitive about this month. This is the month that Christ with Tabernacle started as a church. This is the month 20, you know, 30 uh, four years ago, when Jesus appeared to me and showed me about this church and also about our vision, our calling for the nation of the United Kingdom, this is the month, February 1984. And so, every one of you was very You know, you should be full with exuberance. Be exuberant, be jubilant, be expectant. With The moment we came into the sanctuary, the Lord was here before we came in. That is, after leadership meeting there, we were having a leadership meeting there. Serious impartation came. I don't know why the video people did not record such. I'm sure that that will not happen again where God dished out some very deep stuff. And by the time we came into the hall, the angels were here, and the glory and the presence were already here. That was the reason why I was trying to call your attention to it. But I will say this to you, every member of CFT all over the world, one thing I will tell you is this. Behave like your father, Apostle Alfred Williams. One of my behavior is that I never take God for nothing. When I step my feet to the sanctuary of the Holy One, I change my attitude from the sanctuary. Even when nobody is here, his presence is always in his house. There are some angels that will not leave church. They are signed at the doorpost of every church. Whether you leave the big sanctuary or not, they are here. That's the reason why anybody can walk in here when there's nobody here. And before you go out of the altar, you ask God for something on this altar. Before you read that door, it is done. Because the presence of the Lord is always in His sh- sanctuary. It is a shrine of God where God is worshipped. It's not just an ordinary place. It is a holy ground. And so I want to say this to you. The keynote I send to all ministers is that every member of CFT should be sensitive of this time. That is, be very sensitive about the God. Our church did not come to be because somebody was so uh, blessed and he has money and he thought, I can do church business. It didn't come to be because somebody also was disgruntled in a particular church. And because he could not submit to authority, he said, Let me gather some people and go and start my own. He didn't come to be by that. This church did not come, it did not tear away from anybody, from any church. I will talk to you more about this during this month. This church came by the open vision of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Apostle Alfred Williams, after three days of fasting and prayer, Without food and water in February 1984. And the beginning of this church, therefore, till today, has seen exactly what you read in the Bible happen again and again and again. And this is the foundation laid by God through me. Uh, which must be followed and be celebrated by every seed of this house that is what you belong to this the church of revelation the church of knowledge the church of insight the church of vision so therefore let every one of us have this in our mind this is your month that you should be more um expectant than ever I will together now, you will receive power. I will give you a few information today about marriage, write them down, and I will stop this message in 20 minutes, because this will be right, ripe enough to communicate to television. The first thing I want to look at in this year's marriage seminar is key, the first thing is key to a successful marriage the key to a successful marriage Psalm 127 verse 1 unless the Lord build the house its laborers labor in vain unless the Lord watches over the city the watchmen stand guard in vain so therefore what is the key the key to a successful marriage is that the Lord is the builder of the house. The key to a successful marriage is that the Lord is the builder of the house. Let me say something to you. Everything we are going to learn anywhere in the world on earth concerning marriage, this is where it all boils down to. This is the underpinning Fact in the marriage that the Lord is the builder, both parties in the marriage are subject to the sovereignty of that God. I would gather, and when husband and wife are subject to the sovereignty of God, understand. Uh, the other things I'll be showing you will show you the humanity of man and the God, God, godity—I call it godity—of God. That is the being of God Himself and the humanity of man, the area of compromise and divergence between man and God, and also the, 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 the intricacies of divergence of opinions within man and man. And you begin to see why it is true that when man and man come to a place of divergence which they must always be for several factors and reasons if God is the builder of the house both parties are subject to the sovereignty of God wherever you have protracted dichotomy or wherever you have a lacuna that is a gap of void that came from, I will call it a quagmire. That is a gap that came from a sinking sand. Quagmire is a sinking sand. You know, a platform that is unstable. It always gives back to the lacuna, which is a void that can never be filled. Wherever you have that in marriage, and then love becomes hatred and suspicion, and then separation, and then lack of trust. And some coexist until they die in such dichotomy, never enjoying their married life for one day in their lives. And some will go their own ways only for both to face the gloom of life that awaits them wherever that is it is because of the fact that the two parties to the marriage husband and wife man and woman i'm talking about now have not been able to submit to the sovereignty of god it is possible that both do not and so their gap or lacuna protracted to the place where it can never be rejoined again Or it is possible that it is one that digressed. And in the case of one digressing, if the other can stand under God's sovereignty, then there is an opportunity for God's remedy to come upon that marriage. And you can see such that a person who is standing, the divergence from the other party becomes a cross for him or her which he or or she has to carry, but the one who carries the cross is the one that has an obligation before God. And submission of that one to God determines how quick God can bring the stray one back By several means God does that. If the other can be faithful and faithfully submit to the sovereignty of God. You understand the fact that it is easy. You ask any Christian, I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. That's what every believer says. But let me say something to you. A lot of Christians in our days have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But it's a different thing for you to submit to the Lordship of Jesus. If the Lord, in human terms, as judges, make a decision in court, that decision becomes enforceable upon anybody whose that decision to whom that decision has been directed. But the fact about God is that in God's own interpretation. The decision of God to anyone is not enforceable because God does not compel you and I to do what he says, but it has become an obligation for anyone that wants to enjoy the good benefits of God to comply. And in God's own jurisprudence, if you did not comply with God, God will not be able to hinder the retribute that will be bitterness, that will be regrettable from happening to your life, no matter how much you pray or fast or claim to worship God. Because the fundamental about worship a submission to the sovereignty of God. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. I wish above all things that you present to your body a living sacrifice unto God. That is submitting your body unto God as a sacrifice holy and acceptable. And it says that is your reasonable act of worship. And if you look at that scripture there, it shows you that the sovereignty of God unto man... God did not enforce it. That's the reason why the Bible says, I urge you because it is an obligation that you may choose to accept or choose to reject. But then if you reject what God has instructed, God cannot help you in any form or way or shape from suffering. And that is the reason, fundamental reasons why many believers suffer. Therefore know this. If anyone in a marriage feels that I will run my life the way I want it, to the detriment of the person who is my partner, the fact is that you will suffer irrevocably, compulsorily by God. No nation can pray your suffering out because God is the judge of your conscience. Therefore, understand this, for everyone that goes into marriage or everyone that is in marriage, the key to successful marriage is not counseling. The key to successful marriage is not by professional counselors, especially in the in our secular world here, there are a lot of professional counselors who themselves cannot keep a marriage for one month. If I will go for counsel for anybody to, to counsel me on marriage I will not accept anybody, no matter how learned you think you are in the field of marriage. Because a man who is learned in something without practice is just, um, um, I would call it an empty shell. Because you are a hypothetical person. You are a person who has built your intelligence on hypotheses that is subject to not being true. Because you haven't got any practical application of that which you are intending to advise me. So I will not take an advice from An unprofessional person, I'm talking about professional as you have the knowledge and you have have got successful marriage. Then you are qualified to be a marriage counselor. Not by reading books of many people and looking at philosophies and telling people theories that does not work. God is the head of the home. And if he is sovereign in all your decisions, you have the key to successful marriage. The next thing I want to talk to you about is, haven't we understood that God is sovereign? And if God is sovereign in your marriage, then you have a successful marriage. Let us look at the humanity now. I want to look at key factors that human will need so that as a human being who live in the real world, now no spiritual world, faced with real problems of every day and also faced with mystical problems or mysterious problems and also faced with third party problems, work pressure, childbearing problems, relatives issues and all the rest of it. Friends, peer pressure, As human now, faced with all these real occurrences around us, which have direct and indirect effect on our relationship at home, what do you need to be able to still run the marriage so that in the midst of all this hula balu, you are under the sovereignty of God, and then you can enjoy your married life? If anybody thinks that, oh, these things are cultural or you know, they happen in one culture, they don't happen in the other culture, I will tell you that you are a deceiver, and the first person you deceive is yourself. Because when the Bible speaks, the Bible comes across every tribe, every culture, every color, every language, every, uh, you know, knowledge. Somebody may say, oh, well, this should be for, you know, those who are not educated. I want to tell you that educated people have the same problem like those who are stuck illiterate because they are both human beings and all these factors that affect marriage affect marriage in every nation and in every tribe and every tongue you will have issues of your friends that will affect your marriage you will have issues of your relatives that will affect your marriage you will have issues of your siblings that will affect your marriage you have issues of nephews uncles cousins and all stuff extended relation especially people who have father grandfather grandmother great-grandmother alive all those people that are the hierarchies that are alive within you connected to you by they will affect every marriage in that family what are the things that the bible recommends that you need to have and need to display for you to be able to build a good home Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 to 5. It says, by wisdom a house is built. Both man and woman need wisdom to build a house. Wisdom is not academics. Wisdom, a part of wisdom is inborn into man, which you get from God where you were sent to the earth. But that wisdom that you have, which comes from God, is a wisdom with which as you grow older, it grows deeper in human ability and sense. Because there are many things around you in life that God will use to educate that wisdom and trigger them to manifestation by problems that you will face at different times of your life and how you apply judgment into solving them. And that will increase the capacity of that wisdom. But I want to tell you that beyond that wisdom is what is the wisdom that god is speaking here because that wisdom is limited to your human development and maybe your development of your common sense which an educated man may not have much but then this is talking about wisdom that comes from god which is an accidental wisdom that manifests sometimes when all efforts have failed it is a wisdom that comes from god that is sometimes called discretion which is the ability to take the right decision in the midst of the most complex situation in such a way that is transcend your ability of reasoning and after you have taken that decision it is thereafter when you settle down you ask yourself how did i take that decision I wouldn't have normally taken such decision, but then seeing the result, you give God praise. And that wisdom only can come by Holy Spirit of God. Now, we've just finished the book of Proverbs in this church. And you read a lot about this wisdom from chapter 1 to chapter 4 of Proverbs. Chapter 8, you read about him. Then moving straight away to chapter 12, you read much about this wisdom, which is the wisdom that comes from God himself. Ability of discretion, To be able to take decision in the most complex situation that normal human ability cannot even find way out. That is an endowment from God. Therefore, that verse 3 of Proverbs 24 says, By wisdom a house is built, through understanding it is established. And then it says in the next verse, Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. And verse 5 says, A wise man has great power. And a man of knowledge increases in strength. For the sake of time today, I will not be explaining the, the matter of knowledge and power. I think I will talk about that um, um, uh, between tomorrow and next tomorrow. Because this power is a, is a scientific word and, not, and the strength is a scientific word. In physics, those of you who did physics will recognize kinetic energy, potential energy. You will recognize about inertia when something is stationary, but it doesn't mean it doesn't have power inside it. And you understand why something that is stationary starts to move. And that is the differentiation between power and strength. And whenever the Bible is speaking and using words, it's not just using those things. Those things are exactly as we understood it to be able to apply and understand spiritual things. So the Bible says three major things there. You need wisdom to build a house. You need understanding to establish your marriage. Marriage day and vows is not the end of marriage. It is the beginning of marriage. When you make vows in marriage, hallelujah, Everybody on the day of their marriage want the marriage service to end quick, including myself when I married my mama. I'm sure that your excitement and eagerness to get the marriage to be settled quick will soon be tested in the first three years of your marriage, especially when your marriage is going to six months. And in our own days, those things are tested when marriage is going to two to three years. Because in our days, we have... Courtship for quite a good time. And courtship time is not a time of kissing around, but a time of studying one another to really know the person in the real sense. So that you really make up your mind and build yourself around yourselves. I mean build yourself around yourselves. Let me help you understand what I'm saying. When you put your head into a marriage and your heart into someone to marry, the person is not a perfect man as you are not a perfect man. A woman, rather. I must be careful how I use my words. Alright? So, therefore, during courtship is a time that you begin to get a bit closer in rapporting, in discussion, and your aim and intention in that time is to really know the true person behind the veil that is saying, I love you. That is the time you should open the whole of the antenna of your senses, your five senses, to really understand. If you are not a miserly person, is this person miserly? If you are a quiet person, is this person a good talker, a great talker, talker than you are a talk? Whether this person is just uh, hiding under the facade of gentility, but in the real sense is a very angry person. Whether this person is a very brash person, you know, non-respectful person, self-centered or what, whether this person is a person that you can truly gel with. Talking, I love you, I love you, is not a big deal. Anybody can say to anything, I love you. But the time of cursive is a time where you really want to examine the mindset, the character and the nature of the person you want to spend the whole of your life Because as a believer, you lock up your head there, you die there. Somebody say amen. Amen. I didn't hear amen. Amen. All right. So therefore, in our own time, therefore, it takes quite a time. Because we follow the Bible to letter in those days. When you want to marry somebody, your parents would go and investigate the person. Hallelujah. Abraham sent his servant to go and check from the family that they are going to be married. And if you look at it, the scripture gives you that understanding right through. Paul spoke so strongly about marriage, telling believers that you don't just go and marry a person. Make sure that you check first that that person believes the same Christ that you believe in. And you check the maturity of the person you want to marry. The nature of the person you want to marry. You don't love to be blind. You open your eyes where you love. So whatever the case may be, because in these days, people meet other people, six months, three months, they get married. One year, they get married. You haven't known one another yet in one year, no matter what you think you know. There are some behaviors of individual that could be hidden for three years. Before they will begin to come out, the reason why those part of the man is, or the woman is hidden is because it is time that we prove it. And circumstance and situation will provoke the manifestation and when those circumstances have not you know ensued within three years there's no reason for such reaction are we together now so because of that many people get married today for the next two years in their marriage is their courtship time but you know the difference is that in our own days by three years you check the person that you recognize you can say i'm no more doing and walk away from the marriage but in your own time now because you have married and put your head there you have to make it work before marriage you may decide that i'm no more interested and i'm walking away but once you marry as a christian you have to make it work i we together? and this is the reason why All theories you have read by people who are not married themselves but write books for those who are married on manual to live and they can't keep one marriage. All those principles you discover that they cannot work because they cannot address the issue. The issue is an issue that arises because of circumstances or situations new situations that have just ensued. When you don't have theoretical means of approaching issues because theory never had understanding about it, that it would really happen. This is why knowledge, wisdom, and understanding from God is so important. And so the Bible says with wisdom, a house is built, you build your family. Through understanding, you establish it. And through knowledge, you can fill your love life with every good thing and beautiful treasures. We will talk much more about that too before the end of the week. But he ended up by saying, a wise man has great power. And a man of knowledge increases strength. Who is a wise man? Who is a man of knowledge? Don't miss any time during this week. I have five more minutes to finish with you. The last thing that I will cover today is the rules for Christian household. The rules for Christian household. You know, when I say household, I mean husband, wife, and children. Let me say the rule. That is... As I gave you the key, and I'll give you the rule for Christian household. I infer that to be rules because it is the rule, but it's, um, it is uh, applicable to all parties in the household. You know, a household is father, mother, and children. I- am I saying something? Do we agree with that? Okay. I'm sure I'm, it's not from Abulifo. What is the rule that can hold the household together? It's submission. Write it down, submission. The first rule of submission, I call it the law of reciprocality. The law of reciprocality. Ephesians 5.21 says, Submit to one another... Out of reverence for Christ, I will teach more about this tomorrow as well because of our time tonight. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, in a household, the mother and the children submit to the headship of the father. Yes. Someone now, you men who are married now, are you, are you not answering me? How many men is married here? I will raise your hand up. And it's those of you who are just young, marriage. Okay, put your hands down. I said that in a marriage, the wife and the children are supposed to submit to the authority of who? Of who? Say it loud. The father. Yes, because the father is the head of the household. Hold it, let me look at something I saw when we're looking at the book of Proverbs. I think it's chapter 12 I saw it. And the second one is that the children should submit to the authority of the mother. Is that correct? Come on now, is it correct? Let me read this to you. In the book of Proverbs chapter 12 verse 4, it says a wife of noble character is a husband's crown. Understand that. We'll look more details into that. Why did the Bible call the man the head of the wife and call the woman the crown of the head of the man? Can we marry that together? We'll come back to that. So, reciprocality, the mother and children submit to the authority of the father The children submit to the authority of their mother, and of course they are into their father. And then the children themselves, according to that hierarchy, will submit to the authority of their senior. The Bible says, Give honor to who honor is due. Bow before the aged. Aged does not mean old man. What aged interprets is somebody older than you on earth did not come to the world by his own choice. Somebody who is the maker of heaven and had ordered when we come. When he allows some people to come before you, you must respect them. You cannot disrespect them and believe that you are respecting God. God will not accept your respect. Are we together now? Come on now, let's speak. Alright. So therefore, you see the area of submission in a Christian household the wife submit to her husband as the head the children submit to their mother to their father as their parents and the children submit one to another too let me help you understand this therefore Colossians three eighteen nineteen 19 says wife submit to your husband as fitting to the Lord husband love your wife and do not be harsh with them. Did you see that these conditions are very, very, very strict, isn't it? It says, Submit to your husband as fitting to the Lord. And it says, Husband, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. But if we go back to that Ephesians 5:22, 20, it mm-hmm. says, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. So, if the husband is the head of the wife, all of you women who are not married, listen to me. The moment you marry to a man, that man becomes your head. You, you don't have head anymore. You lose your head. Does it mean that head is not on your neck? No, it's still on your neck. That means that somebody submits her authority to another person. Anywhere that is not done, God is not in it. And every woman who believes that, well, you know, I can't just submit to the headship of my husband, check their life throughout their life, show me what they enjoy, is from one problem to the other. If you marry a man that is less educated, that has nothing to do with your submission. You must submit to the man. Because you saw the man as a woman before you went to marry the man. Education has nothing to do with this. Prime Minister May must submit to her husband, though she is the Prime Minister of England. But her husband is her head. Though she is the head of the country. Under which the husband is. So when she executes her duty as the head of the country, then the husband, whatever she does, is binding. But when they get to their home, as long as she's not sitting in her office as, as uh, uh, press prime minister, when she sits in her office as wife to Mr. May, Mr. May is the head. Do we understand it now? But if you look at, does that mean a woman is irrelevant in the house? No. That is the reason why finally that proverb said, "A wife of noble character is the husband's crown." Proverb 12:4. But a disgraceful wife is like a decay in the bone. Now, a woman runs the whole family. And whatever the woman wants, Is what ensues in the family. Only if the woman can be the crown. It is what she wants. Not what the man wants. Every married man here will tell you that if a man is satisfied with the wife because the wife listens to him, not argument every time, recognizing that when you go into such argument with your husband, God is looking at you that what is wrong with her really? What is wrong with her? Would she argue with Jesus like that? You know? But let me say this to you. Whenever a woman engages in argument as her weapon, she lives her life in sorrow because the man will never accept it. That is why you will see a man say that I don't have anything, but at the same time, I'm the husband here. If your husband said that to you, check your character. You have gone totally astray anyway. But if you're a woman and you have a husband, you say, "Oh, darling, what do we do about this?" Recognize that your behavior is satisfactory. Am I saying something, men? You know, I'm not just talking about uh, what I think, what the Bible says, and what I I have seen. I have done myself i would together now a woman is the light in the house the woman is the life of the family everybody depends on the woman that is what it is but if a woman loses that position in a family check your character you know if you have bad character is it easy for you to know it no it's not because everything you do you think you're right it takes somebody nearest to you to tell you that this behavior is not correct when people point out a behavior to you and they challenge you or they tell you whatever way they say it doesn't matter you need to take a pause and think never argue that but you know i you, you can't say that to me no 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 no, no. you are read it in the book of proverbs that is arrogance and pride destruction ends it and regret when somebody challenges your character and behavior you, you need to say oh thank you so much and go away and then check it if you think well in line with the scripture you will know that you have done wrong if anyone if a person comes to a place whereby the bible cannot correct you you are heading towards hell even if you speak in tongues there are many tongue speakers in hell all their tongues is miracle workers or not because it's faith that makes miracle, not godliness by faith okay You please God, but without holiness, you cannot see God. And holiness is acts of believers. I will end up by telling you this, that I had a prophecy from a prophet which was sent to me about Nigeria. And that prophecy is correct, because the prophet is a Jew, but an American. That prophet said that an angel appeared to him, in a broad daylight, during his prayer of fasting and prayer, and said the Father sent him to tell Nigeria a warning. When I listen to, when people say that they have encounters of angels, or the Lord spoke to them, you know, with me, I don't hear what you are saying, I enter into what you are saying, because it's my office. I can enter into your words and I can enter into the experience of old which somebody else has had as a prophet myself. And I can decipher what is going on. I can know the spirit that is speaking and all stuff like that. Now, the person who sent that information to me, sent it to me because a a man of God claimed to be a prophet in Nigeria. And made a publication of prophecy. And they sent the prophecy to me. And when I, when, they said, when I was reading the prophecy, I entered into the spirit and I saw it's a false spirit. And I wrote back to them that that, prof, that man of God, God did not speak to him. When I say God is not speak to somebody, I stand by before the person. And I'll be ready to question him, you know, publicly and answer him publicly. I said that man has been misled by his own ambition. And has been misled by his own pride. The word he spoke is not the language of the one who lives forever and ever and then i said here the word of the lord for nigeria the reason why nigeria is having this problem of boko haram and then it graduated to fulani harassment is because of the punishment attracted by the church of god in nigeria because of their laviciousness flamboyancy and all these their wrong doctrines those wrong doctrines they've, they've, they've deviated from god and they have followed mammon and fame and stuff that's the reason why the punishment is coming and there is nothing that will stop that evil in nigeria Until the leaders of the churches in Nigeria bend their knees and cry for mercy and repent and change. So after I wrote that to the man, who is my son, a week after he sent me this prophet from America. Just to say that what you are saying is correct. And I told him the the scripture of Nigeria is from Ezekiel 22. If anybody thinks that solution will come to Nigeria, forget it until the church repents this is what has happened but this is the prophet what he said which is necessary for you and in line with what I'm teaching you he said the angel said go and tell my people in Nigeria that the calamity that is upon them and this issue of the full harassment came because the ministers of God had neglected my word they have gone after money, fame you know they are lavishness, flamboyancy. And he said something which I want to listen to. This is what I'm telling you. He said, whenever Christians walk contrary to God, they release demons from hell. I repeat myself. When Christians walk in disobedience to God, the man said, the angel said, those Christians release demons from hell... And those demons are assigned to punish that disobedience. And it said, because of this way they are behaving, all these ministers, you know, flamboyancy and all these errors they are going into. They are releasing a lot of demons against Nigeria. And those demons are trooping out in their in their in their troops. And it is true. Okay? And the man said, the law said. If they can repent of this wickedness, then <coughs> the door of hell will shut. He says, when people turn to God, holiness shut the door of hell. Because you see, all these demons operating preaching on earth. They have been condemned to hell already. Someone says that, you know, does the Bible say so? Oh Yes. Several scriptures. The Bible says a sinner will not go on punished. Who punishes them? Demons. I agree with it completely. I I, I entered into it and I saw there was an angel who appeared unto him and was talking to the man. And that the words of the man is the word of the one who made the heavens and the earth. Anybody who is in prophetic will understand what I'm telling you. That there are so much mystery in the, behind the letters of the word of God, whatsoever man soweth shall he reap. Alright? So when we bind demons and cast them to hell, they go because we cast them there. But they come again. They come again because somebody's conduct and behavior are released them. And when demons go after people, they don't go after people for nothing. They go after people because they are attracted by what that person has done. That's the reason why you pray, 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 pray. They will, they will still afflict the person unless that person repents of their wicked ways. And Second Chronicles 7.14 says that if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and repent of their wicked ways, he says, then will I hear. Put that in mathematical equation to understand what I'm telling you. So, in application to your life and my life, what you have in your marriage, consider what you are sowing into that marriage is what attracted it. If you are following God in your marriage, you will attract angels to bless you. If you are behaving contrary to God all the time, no matter how much convinced you think what you are doing is the right thing, God will allow the enemy sign as a ravager to ravage you until you are taught the lesson in a bitter way it is spiritual order that cannot change for any mortal man you remember i told you about the prophet who was bankrupt and they came to carry his ch- her children all right but the bible gave us the resume of that prophet and says that he was a very righteous man yes And I help you understand, why should a righteous man die die bankrupt? It is contrary to the scripture. So, therefore, which means that, that man feared the Lord, but he did not obey the word of God regards prosperity. And what he had obeyed cannot work for that. Because for prosperity, God has a strict rule. Let me say this, a righteous man may not have a happy home, that is, because he doesn't know how to love a woman. He's so spiritual, he doesn't know that human, women are physical, they are not spiritual. You are flesh first before you go to marriage. It is not, when somebody say to you on the, on the marriage altar, I do, he's not talking to your spirit, he's talking to you. Are you getting now? And a man, a prayer warrior, a prayer warrior every day, spirit, 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 prayer, 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 prayer. Even to the place you are by the water you drink is spirit, the air you breathe is spirit. You forgot that you married a human being in your house and you could give what the flesh demands, then your relationship will go sour. God can't help it. Because whatsoever you sow is what you reap, and the Bible covers every aspect of life, and God expects you to know it. So that you can obey God as you obey God for the spiritual, you obey God for relationship, you obey God for the for the marriage, and then you can have a very happy life all around this is where we're going to stop if you have any question write it down and on the third day we will answer questions shall we just stand up we're going to pray one more prayer tonight we're going to pray for marriages i want us to lift up our voice to god and pray that god will bring wisdom knowledge and understanding to every marriage represented among god shall we just begin to pray in the name of jesus pray for wisdom by wisdom a house is built through understanding it is established through knowledge his rooms are filled with every beautiful treasures pray and tell the Lord father we pray for the spirit of wisdom we pray for the spirit of knowledge we pray for the spirit of understanding for every marriage represented in this place tonight, tell the Lord, bring forth your healing hand. Let us pray that God's the sovereignty of Jesus will rule in every home, both in the heart of husbands and wives. That Jesus will be sovereign in every family. Let us tell the Lord, the Lord Jesus may be in the name of Jesus. Father, to
1: the man, and man, is
0: Let's pray for families that satan are torn apart. For healing to those families. We pray, ask God for mercy for those families. There are people who have been hurt in marriages that God will bring healing to them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy name, we are praised. Amen. I can't hear your amen. amen. Do You know, I want to pray one more prayer. Let me say this to you. I have been involved in thousands of marriage counseling over my life. I, I, I started counseling marriages from 1970. Our first marriage counseling was 77 or 78. Yes. 77 or 78. Mommy and I were in courtship then. And an elder in our church threw his wife out of his house. The whole leaders of the church went to him and he told them, Instead of me to take the woman, I, will be, I, will, I prefer not to be an elder in your church anymore. And this is the church where he was born and he grew. And he became a director at that time of government office. Very top guy then. They were living in a place called Ikui, like um, your Park Lane or whatever. So, then the most head of the church, who is the archbishop, went and he told the archbishop, I have left you a message. If you step my door again, I won't come to the church anymore. And you know, he caught voodoo in the hand of the wife. And this is a marriage as at that time of a 20-something years marriage. They've given back to children that were grown. Yeah, about 20 years married. Give back to children that were grown up. And the Lord told me to go and resolve it. So I talked to mommy. We were in courtship. And we went to that house. And God used us to bring solution. When we went to that house, we had one night. there praying with him till morning and counseling him by the Holy Spirit. In the morning, he put us in his car, drove to the woman, the mother of the woman. The woman has gone back to her mother and took that woman back home. But I'm saying that to help you understand that. I have seen many marriages where one of the parties, because of the offense of the other, and that other party did not address it. It always happens to women that the the husband is behaving some kind. They keep quiet. They keep quiet. They keep quiet. And it builds up. And the relationship begins to drip gradually. At a particular time, they don't have any feeling at all. Of husband and wife in that marriage, but they keep on in the marriage until then they snap. They snap. You know, medicine for for um, um, what do you call this now? Dispute um, resolution, dialogue, immediate dialogue, not post dialogue. Something happened, discuss it, not with the intention of wanting your will to be done but with the intention of making peace. And when that is void in a home, and one did not speak, and then it built hot. this is where I want to pray. That's why I'm explaining it to you. The one who is hot, and acted, who is right, that is, she's the one that was fairly untreated, yes? Though she's right to be angry, but she's not right to be hot, Because when she vends her anger, and the marriage went the way they will be. But the man is suffering. And the woman is suffering. The woman is walking away from this home. She's suffering. Suffering terribly. The man who walks away is suffering terribly. <coughs> so both man and woman are suffering. And pride. Satan will step in. Real demon. You can't accept. And sometime until gray hair. Before they decided to come together. I will tell you the story of one that happened when I went to preach for uh, Prophet Ann Cox in Atlanta. A marriage that had been separated for 30 years. 30 years. That day they went home back. They really did not recognize themselves when they met themselves. But from the day they left, I was in my seminar like this. And the Holy Spirit told me about them by prophetic. And when I began to pray for healing of hearts and stuff, the one in the front was crying and the one at the back was crying because both of them recognized where they have went wrong for 30 years. And then the one in the front, in the, in the front who was facing the altar, felt the voice I'm hearing crying, It's my husband. And she turned back. And you know, the, the face is still there, though they are now older. They left at their young age, maybe in their early 20s. They are now meeting towards their 60s. But they never settled, moving from one state to the other. No marriage was settled by the husband and the woman. And then the cry became uncontrollable. But when nobody knew, we just saw the two people now hug said they began to cry. This one said, Please forgive me. That say Forgive me. And it was the end of the marriage seminar. Because, you see, nobody enter heaven with hurt if you die in hurt. Even if you are justified to be hurt, you will seek justified to go to hell. Because you died in hurt. Satan will always want us to die wrongly, so that we will not, all our labor in Christ will be wasted. And he will do everything to, to make it happen especially pulling husband and wife apart and causing you know somebody to be thinking about those negativity and then your, your brain is raging and your blood pressure is going up throughout your lifetime we may have some people few who are suffering that among us We want to pray for healing i would get in that and when i say to pray for them pray as if you are the one going through it there is no reason why every one of you who are married in this church globally should not enjoy your marriage I am enjoying my marriage I am happy with myself disagreement doesn't mean quarrel I were together now and if somebody has hurt the other to say I'm sorry should not be far from your lips why should you not be able to say I'm sorry what about if they didn't say I'm sorry to you you can accept say I'm sorry to myself and carry on yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife was to say sorry to me. She didn't say sorry to me. I say, okay, Lord, I am saying sorry to, uh, to Alfred on behalf of my wife. So, Alfred, forgive your wife. I make myself happy. And then my wife comes by and says, well, how are you, darling? I won't say that, but, but what you did, it pained me. It has pained me past. Now I want peace. We're going to pray that, Lord, let the Spirit of Christ enter into everyone whose marriage have been shipwrecked and been hot, that they will submit to humility like Christ and bring those marriages together, wherever they may be. God, destroy, rebuke the, the afflictor and bring the marriage together. Shall we just pray in the name of Jesus? Father, destroy this, the afflictor that the devil has sent to torment these homes and bring the homes together. You are the restorer of those who fall. We pray for your mercy. We pray, Lord, for your mercy. The spirit of heart and hate will destroy the spirit of pride and arrogance in every heart. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and he is loving to us all he has made. The Lord upholds those who fall and lifts up those who are bowed down. Lift up every heart that is bowed down among us in marriage. Uphold those who have fallen. Hear their plea, O God, and I pray tonight. The Lord is near to all who call on Him. He hears their cry and saves them. Save every marriage in this house, O God, tonight. Bring forth salvation and health. <laughs> Blessed be your holy name, O King of Heaven. Thank you, Father, because it's done. In Jesus' anointed name, we are pray with hands given. Father, we pray for everyone under my voice across the globe whose marriages the devil has shattered i command the smoking gun to cease as god forgave i speak to both husband and wife that are in such marriages receive the spirit of forgiveness accept forgiveness and give forgiveness to one another There are some who could not forgive themselves for the atrocities they have done that has now come to their understanding. Let them oh go accept forgiveness from you, O Lord. The afflictor that their conduct have attracted, who is a messenger of Satan, tormenting the families day and night, we rebuke in the name of Jesus. We declare mercy upon every home we declare mercy upon every home we declare mercy upon every home Father, and the one that the devil is just trying to access let your fire come down and destroy the paths of Satan every plan of the devil to shipwreck people in marriage we sabotage it and rebuke in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 9 says, Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love, this your only portion in all these your meaningless days. Ability to enjoy life in marriages, receive in the name of Jesus. Amen. And for the unmarried, let the words i are spoken today instruct them and help them be a compass and guide into their decisions for marriage. Amen. Father, may your name be exalted. If there be anyone under my voice sick, you are made whole. It is the month of power. Receive healing in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every form of infirmity ceases in the body. Lumps disappear in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Every impediment to health the Lord rebuke you. Amen. I pray for every household infirmity, for every household under my voice all over the world. I command infirmity to cease. Amen. The afflicted to be removed. Amen. I decree, the Bible says, there shall be known that you say in Zion I'm ill. And so the Lord has forgiven the sins of those who dwell therein, and their sins, as their sins have been atoned for and forgiven, their sickness have been taken away by the cross. And so every family in the kidney, liver, lung, heart, die in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Anyone who has had problems in the womb, receive brand new womb. You have problem in your lungs, receive brand new lungs. You have problem in your, in your kidney, receive brand new kidney. In your breast, receive brand new breast. You have problem in the part of your brain, receive brand new cells of the brain. You have problem in your system, in your male reproductive organ, receive healing in it. In your female reproductive organ, receive healing in them. I apply to spare parts in heaven where human parts are kept. Release, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The substance for a man to be the head of the family, beginning from adequate wealth and riches. Honor, wisdom to govern the family. I speak to all men, receive in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father, everything a woman requires, to be able to fulfill the vision of her home because the woman owns the home men come out of women and they suck the breast of a woman when they were born and when they grow up they now begin to eat the food of their wife again and it's a woman that feeds a man from birth to death lord therefore women need a lot wisdom knowledge understanding Father, resources of strength and power within, ability, I mean, I call shock absorber, ability to absorb every shock without reacting, and yet be in control in the midst of storms of life. To every woman, receive in the name of Jesus as of Nazareth Dignity, wisdom that come from heaven. To be crown of your, of your husband's head. Both those who have married and those who are yet to be married here. Even those who have not met the man, they will marry. This grace I pray today. Let it rest upon all our members all over the world. Amen. So that our marriage will be such an example of God's faithfulness. Father, we bless your name. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we pray. Please let's take a seat for a few minutes. Pastor Tayo. Put your hands up for the Lord.